God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Um, so we're wrapping up. Uh, we're really wrapping up a week, aren't we? Uh, it's unbelievable what's what's happening in our country. Um, whether you look to uh, Mayorkas's blaming Trump first <laughs> uh, narrative, and we're going to listen to a clip from Mayorkas, the Secretary of uh, the Homeland Security. He's blaming Trump for his mistakes. And they're not even mistakes. They're just flat out lying to the American people because they are not representing you. They are going against you. And they're trying to import voters is what they're doing. And they're doing it as fast as they can. And they're blaming Trump because they know that the media will carry that water for them. They're banking on the media for playing dumb and rolling over and playing possum. And that's why it's so important that we have uh, a voice, you know, on Red State Talk Radio and on the Scott Adams Show, because it's a voice that you're never going to hear in the mainstream media. Could you imagine if we didn't have alternative voices to express truth and you know a democrat might listen to this and say well that's your truth and you're like doggone right it's my truth you know i don't disrespect somebody else who thinks that they're telling the truth but by the way just an announcement i've just been banned on facebook yesterday again facebook for 30 more days (laughs) I can't post on Facebook. You know what I posted? I posted an article. I didn't even write an original thought. It was from the Daily Mail. Dot, uh, UK. Daily Mail UK. They had the best article 
about Hunter Biden. And so I just reposted on Facebook. That's all I did. Now, Hannity covered uh, the Hunter video last night on Fox News. I I didn't watch it because I'm not a, you know, I don't watch Hannity, but I don't even watch a lot of Fox News in the prime time. I watched Fox and Friends in the morning a little bit, very little bit. Um, But in any case, and I love what some of the Tucker's monologues, but for the most part, that's not where I get my news anymore. Unfortunately, the mainstream media has really left us. But I will tell you that when you go to the Gateway Pundit, when you go to the Gateway Pundit, basically what happens is you get a picture of this Hunter Biden thing and they got to like cover everything up. But I don't know why they banned me for telling the truth. And I looked back at the history on Facebook of the last six times I you know, like six offenses or violations of community standards or whatever it was, three or four of them was related to Hunter Biden's sexcapades and crack cocaine use. And do you know not one of the mainstream media is really covering this Hunter Biden stuff? They're not covering it at all. I don't know why that is. Now, Hannity did, but even on Fox and Friends, they're not covering it. So I I just don't understand. Here's what Gateway Pundit said about that. The U.S. media goes full Pravda, Pravda Russia, you know, meaning they've gone full commie. Not one single mainstream outlet reports on President's naked son with Hooker complaining about Russians stealing his laptop for blackmail. And, of course, there's tape to go along with that. So Kurt Schlichter says, Only under Biden could breaking news of the president's son naked with a hooker complaining that Russians stole his laptop to blackmail him be not a story at all in the mainstream media. Congratulations, media. You completely suck. Can you imagine the headlines and movies and books and harassing reporters if a Trump son or daughter ever did anything close to this? This is really a defining moment in U.S. history. And it's just a doggone shame. It really is an absolute travesty that we actually are living in a world where the media is so blatantly biased in one way, the censorship knows no bounds, and still our Republican leadership, the only leadership that could actually fight back against this, is missing in action, Republican in name only, rhinos, You take Dan Crenshaw, Representative Congressman Crenshaw, basically saying that fraud didn't make a difference. Election fraud didn't make a difference. And of course, he got pushback from that. Of course, we know that there's election fraud. There's no doubt about it. I have eyewitnesses in Philadelphia 
that, that said they weren't able to inspect. The chain of custody was completely missing. That there's no further explanation about people on videotape running the ballots through over and over again, the same ballot. And all these other anomalies and all these other problems. And so, you know, if I hope and pray that the people that are running the show right now out in Arizona, and there's been personnel changes and whatnot, it's in God's hands, really. It, it's not even in our hands anymore. Have they been bought out? Are they going to be, have integrity? Are they going to sell out or are they going to take this moment as a moment to save America? Because we cannot go on with rigged elections. And if they were not, if Dan Crenshaw was right, actually, the silver lining in that is some good news. You know, before the election, we kind of knew that there was this trend talking about Trump was going to win big on election night. And then in the ensuing hours and days after the election, all these phony, funky laws were being passed by the secretaries of state saying, well, we're going to give like North Carolina or Pennsylvania. We're like, we're going to give them three days to get the mail-in ballots in. All in the name of COVID. And so, you know, the people are talking about COVID will last as long as they can import enough votes to win. Otherwise, they're going to use COVID to get another mail-in ballot uh, cycle going, right? Because mail-in ballot is how you cheat. Colorado doesn't want anybody looking into their elections. Ever since they turned into mail-in ballots and drop-off votes, they, they've gone Democrat completely. It's only in the uh, states where they do mail-in ballots and drop-off votes and multi-day voting. I don't know what it is. Maybe the, the radical left are just that stupid that they don't know how to vote on election day. They could follow every other rule because they vote for big government that gives them all kinds of regulations and rules. But they can't follow the one rule that's really important. How convenient, right? Of course, it's, it's, a, it's a con. Just look at the big picture. But we suspected that this was potentially going to happen. And so Dan Crenshaw, you know, he's saying, no, no, election fraud wasn't a big different deal maker, deal breaker. And it was. He's lying. I don't know why he's lying. I think he believes it. I don't think he's I don't think he thinks he's lying. I think he believes it. And he's been told by enough establishment elite in D.C. to not go down that rabbit hole. It's, sent, it's the establishment elite that chose not to cover the cyber symposium. And it's like, oh, no, we got to let that go. It's a war of attrition. And a lot of Republicans are giving up because it's taken so long. And it doesn't fit the news cycle. And that so many people are getting the eye roll when they bring up this whole thing about election fraud. Oh, you're still talking about that? Yeah, we're talking about that because we've been blocked and stonewalled every step of the way. Why do you fight it so hard? Because you're guilty. That's why. 
But there's more. As I said earlier in the week, there's a lot of infiltration going on in, within our own ranks, within our own conservative movement. And it causes me to question why it is that we're dealing with things the way we're dealing with them. Why is it that all of our court cases are getting rejected by the courts? It can't be all judges are bad, especially the ones that were appointed by Trump. And so you got to question, in some respects, the integrity of what Sidney Powell is bringing to the table or even what really Giuliani was bringing. You know, could they have done a better job? Who is checking them? You know, to make sure that it's not that they're bad people, to make sure they're doing it right, to make sure that they actually have the chops and the wherewithal to get the case heard in the courts. But they're getting rejected almost like in a weird way. Some people say that the judges are corrupt and that they don't want to see these cases. It's not their jurisdiction, what have you. Like that Texas case I thought was a wonderful case. It was a class action among states where Texas claimed that they were victimized by the fraud in other states. And there's no doubt that that case had merit, should have been heard. So I think that the justice system is in some way corrupt. But what I would rather see, rather than a cyber symposium in South Dakota with Mike Lindell selling pillows on the scroll at the bottom and basically kind of one-upping, you know, like we have a code Red State. And when you buy using our code, you help Red State and you help the Scott Adams show when you buy pillows using the code word Red State. You also help Mike Lindell. And that's great. That's wonderful. But it's almost like, you know, the partner that we're working with, with Mike Lindell, on his pillows, is that he's sort of one-upping us. He's directing everybody to Frank's speech, where the two promotions, you can't run two promotions at one time. you got to choose one or the other. So he's undercutting his downline of people that are helping him. I think that's mistake number one that he's making. But number two, I don't think that the cyber symposium ran smoothly when his own inspector and cyber inspection guy basically can't follow through with the $5 million, you know, check me out kind of deal, which was basically to say that um, the, 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 you can't, you, you won't, you won't, you won't find a break in, in our theory that China hacked the elections based on these packet designs. Well, they realized that, you know, when they call that PCAP, PCAP is a very old term. I'm, I'm an IT expert. I've done PCAP. I've done packet, uh, packet analysis. For years, many years, they have software that you can run that just basically rides right over your network uh, connection, and it can track every packet that comes through, and you can take each packet and break each packet down, and you can decipher code language. But 
the information that that yields is questionable, especially well after the fact. So I'm very familiar with what the technology is that they're using, just from me having 30 years in the IT world and and running firewalls and you know doing packet sniffing. Um, you can get usernames and passwords through packet analysis if you're sitting out in the van and you're capturing live. And then the other question is, it sort of makes very clear that they were connected to the internet. In those cases, there should be a blanket violation right there. The election should have been redone. A lot of missteps were missed. But I would rather, rather than direct all attention to a microphone and a, and a pillow salesman on stage getting all kinds of media attention, working exclusively with one radio talent, which is Steve Bannon in the war room, while selling your pillows and trying to build a social network called Frank Speech and driving this all in and not opening up to the public, number one, and just opening it up to the media and then having it not go all that well, in my opinion, and a lot of other opinions, I think that that was a misstep because rather than drive all the traffic to the microphone, that's not going to get it done. Banging the drum and getting everybody riled up and getting everybody hopeful and saying, see, we found voter fraud. Well, okay, so what? Finding the voter fraud isn't going to get it done, son. What gets it done is taking that data privately with your legal team. Spend as much money on legal as you would on your social media platform trying to build your brand and your, you know, maybe your future governor race in Minnesota and try something else out. Why don't you try getting a legal team together and putting forth a great case that could literally make a difference? Because the only case that matters is the one in the court before a judge because you need to get a ruling and you need precedent. Then it gets appealed. Then you need to bring it all the way up to the Supreme Court. That's how it's done. That's how you're going to roll the ball forward. Banging a drum on a stage with a big screen behind you promoting all kinds of crap for media attention and to get a bigger social media network and to make more money through ad dollars isn't the way it's done. But when you get people, I think shady characters like Patrick Byrne and other people, they're involved in self-serving, selling books or whatever it is that they're doing and not taking it to the courtroom, but rather taking it to a stage with a microphone is not getting it done. This is why I really supported the audit because it was methodical and it needed to be done. And what the AZ audit did, I thought made a lot of sense. And we need to see the results and we need to see the results sooner than later now. Now back in uh, May or whenever it was, I actually called it. I said, we are not going to... 
we're not going to see the results by the July 4th like we were hoping. This is going to, because as soon as he told me, as soon as Ken Barnett, who's now been fired, as soon as Ken Barnett gave us the truth and said that they were going to have to scan all the um, signature ballots, signature envelopes, I said, no, that's going to take a while. So they're going to have to move out at the end of June from the arena. They're going to have to reset up and they're going to have to do all this other stuff. That's going to take a while because after all that, they're going to have to do the number crunching and they're going to have to put their best presentation forward. And that's going to take a while. So it might be as soon as August, but my prediction and my call was September. Everybody else was talking about how, you know, there's a lot of people that were talking about how President Trump was going to walk back into the Oval Office in August. And it's that kind of analysis that does not help the grand picture, the big picture. Because we can't be wrong all the time. We got to be right. And if, if it means sitting on information you might have in order to keep it right and be right, well, then that's just the way it is. Time and patience. We have time and patience. We have to be mindful of that. Because right now when I'm debating with liberal elites, liberals in D.C., and I start talking about certain topics like election fraud and what have you, I have to. I have an uphill battle to climb just to get past the credibility issue. They don't. They they want to roll their eyes because that's their easy play, just like they call people racist or call people Nazis or fascists with zero proof. I mean, they, you know, the fascists are the Antifa is the fascist group, but they're calling the Trump supporter the fascist group. And they get away with it because they got the media in their pocket. And I definitely believe that there's infiltration going on in the conservative movement by registered Democrats, but nobody even knows that. Like Lynn Wood or Patrick Byrne, they're all registered Democrats, lifelong Democrats. Even General Flynn is a lifelong Democrat, hired twice by Barack Obama. Fired twice too, but hired twice by Barack. And his brother right now got promoted by Biden. Charles Flynn is now the head of the Pacific Army. Right? So I don't know. Are we being duped? Are we being tricked? Where are the results? All the empty promises. All the banging of the drum. And we find out that Sidney Powell goes out there and makes an argument before the court against Dominion, who is suing her. And her argument was, nobody in their right mind would really believe my claims of election fraud. That was her argument in court. And the transcripts came out. How insulting is that? I think that's really insulting. That she's saying all this stuff about the Kraken, who I happen to know as a total fraud. And she's saying all this stuff that we're supposed to believe. 
and, and hang her hat on and be hopeful for her. Only to find out months later she's now trying to save her hide in court against Dominion, which I'm totally against Dominion. And I think the Dominion trying to sue One America News Network and Newsmax because they simply aired the cyber symposium. I may not be the biggest fan of that cyber symposium right now, but I definitely am a fan of them getting up on stage and speaking and at least trying to keep this topic in the forefront. But we also have an issue of credibility that we have to be concerned about. And so it's a, you know, it's, it's both simultaneously. But we got to have better coordination. We can't just allow some of these people to rise to the top. We need better leadership. And we need, uh, I think Donald Trump is that leadership. And from what I understand, he has not met with Lindell since January before the inauguration. And he hasn't met with Patrick Byrne either. But I think that there was, you know, you got to understand Donald Trump's biggest problem, he's in politics. And he cannot alienate the alt-right. He can't alienate the Mike Lindells or the Patrick Burns right now who are, you know, doing things to support the movement, but for, for to what end and for what cause? And why did they? Why are they still registered Democrat? And those are things that concern me. And how do they really vote? I remember Patrick Byrne just about two years ago was talking about Maria Butina and his affair with this woman, and who is a radical lefty as well. Really, she's from Russia, and um. And he said good things about the FBI. And he said good things about Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton in the interviews that he was given then. All of a sudden, we're supposed to believe, you know, and whatever happened from those things when he came out and he said he had blockbuster breaking news about Maria Butina and the whole thing. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. When you're talking to a con man and he's promising you the, 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 the moon and the stars and you're going to be rich and the, and the roads are going to be paved with gold, take a look out your window and put your hand in your right pocket and find out if there's any shingle, any uh, jingle going on, right? Is there any coin in your pocket? And is the road potholes or gold? And at some point, you got to say, what have you done for me lately? At some point. But keep the faith because fraud did happen. I'm here to tell you I'm sure of it. All evidence proves that point. But how we're going about making our case, we got to do better. And that's why I said all summer long that the Arizona audit is the Everything. It's the everything. When they were talking about UFOs and they were talking about all this crap, we were all saying, the people that I follow and and, and the people I team up with, 
for this intellectual discussion and for um, you know strategy, which there's a number of people that I do that with. We were saying the message that we need to put out is we cannot be distracted because that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to distract you. They want you, it's a shell game. <clears throat> they want you to look at the right hand and not see what the left hand is doing. It's a magic trick. And we got to do better than that. And we got to be smarter than that. And that's what we're trying to do every step of the way. Again, this is chess, not checkers. We're going to go ahead and listen to uh, Secretary uh, Mayorkas, the biggest loser on the planet. This guy is the head, head primary, he's so responsible for what's going on in the border. And yet, all he wants to do in this speech is blame Trump. Who did that before? I remember when Barack Obama, seven years in to his term, was still blaming uh, Bush for the poor economy he, he, he took over. So let's take a listen to Mayorkas, because this is just, once again, it's hard to even comprehend how he could blame Trump. Trump, all Trump wanted to do was build the wall. And Mayorkas sits there and talks about how complicated the problem is. It's not complicated. Just ask Donald Trump. He made it easy. Middle East peace was easy. He got the Abraham Accords. All he had to do was stop paying off Iran and, and the Palestinians, who basically were terrorists that didn't want to bargain right. So he said, until you're ready to come to the table, we're going to starve you out. You're either going to starve to death or you're going to come to the table and make the deal that's right for you. And they tried to wait it out, thanks to people like John Kerry. And they pushed that ball. But he balanced the power anyway by giving arm, uh, selling arms to Saudi Arabia and uh, uh, putting uh, forth new sanctions and getting out of the JCPOA. And that's how he brought Iran to his knees. Then he took Soleimani and blew him to pieces and was fearless in what he was doing. It was Trump that was the one that was sending people over to Afghanistan to try to negotiate better terms. And Biden, this pullout, is so irresponsible in the way he's doing it, allowing the Taliban to not live up to their promises that they were supposed to keep, which was to maintain the peace and not try to take over the cities and not set women on fire by their hair. It wasn't too much to ask. Yet Biden sits out there and he talks about 300,000 Afghani troops being able to beat 75,000 Taliban troops. But somehow it's not happening. So you could talk about statistical numbers, but you got to look at what's actually happening on the ground. And one city after another, next it's going to be Kabul. And it's a huge mess. And everybody that fought and died over there and their families will tell you their children are rolling over in their graves for the sweat, for the life they gave for that effort. And again, it's liberals really screwing things up. But in this case, it's Biden not having one 
skill set when it comes to foreign policy. He's never been right about foreign policy, but he lies all the time. Like right now, if you were to ask him, did he support the Obama, uh, Osama bin Laden raid? And of course, his answer, whether that raid even happened, right? Because there's other theories. Extortion 17, Benghazi. We can get into another narrative on that, but he didn't support it. But now he says he did. And the media just lets him get away with the lies, lie after lie. They don't play the one clip, then the next. They don't do any of that. And, you know, as bad as Fox News has become, Fox News is the best thing in town right now. Now, of course, Newsmax, I think, is better, but yet even Newsmax and One America News um, are not really bringing to the table what needs to be brought to the table in my opinion. Let's take a listen to Mayorkas blame Trump. I just think you almost have to hear it to believe it. It's unbelievable unless you hear it because I can't even comprehend how a man like Mayorkas could stand up in a microphone and give a speech like that. And you know what I said to it? I said, how any American voter could believe that Secretary Mayorkas blamed Trump for his overtly anti-American border security mistakes is how we've got in this mess in the to begin with. It's unbelievable and unconscionable that these people what they're doing is they're they're trying to get as many votes as po- humanly possible. But what's happening from what I'm seeing and hearing and reading is that the Latinos and Hispanics that are coming through the border are starting to not like the Biden administration to the point where, be careful what you wish for, you just might get it. They think they're importing liberal votes, and all of a sudden these people are like, those liberals are crazy. They are, Thanks for getting me in here, but they're plain blind stupid. And what's what's inevitably, I think, happening is that they are they 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 are going to switch their votes wouldn't that be something that would be the the crime of the century in almost in other, in in essence and we're going to play the Mayorkas in just a second but here's what i said in response to to what Mayorkas because before you hear him blame trump Here's what I think is going on with regard to Mayorkas and Biden and the people that actually pulled all the strings for Biden because Biden only worked two days this week, right? He worked two days and he could barely find his way back to the Oval Office. The guy has got a screw loose. But he's being run by Brookings Institution, Atlantic Council, the National Security Council, the State Department, the ambassadors, the deep state, the swamp, the CIA, the intelligentsia in America. That's who's running the show. The lawyers in, in Washington, the lobbyists, all of those people are running the show. I said this. This is a tweet. I said, well, Emerald Robinson said, people ask me all the time how long COVID will last 
And I always say the same thing. As long as Democrats need mail-in ballots to win elections. In other words, I said, if they can import the illegal migrants as fast as possible and flip Ohio, Texas, Missouri, Georgia, Florida, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan, then we will see election integrity restored. Until then, the plan for Democrats is to import as many voters as possible. Once they get the numbers to where they can win legitimately, they will allow this election integrity to be corrected. They'll, they'll want a, play, a fair playing field if they can import enough voters to win without rigging the elections. They have, uh, but until then, they must rig the elections to win because they don't have the votes. So they'll never get to the place of power until that happens. And that's what's going on, is this is a race to import voters. And I, like I said earlier, I believe that they're turning these people into IDs. They're turning the IDs into registrations, voter registrations. They're turning the voter registrations into ballots. And without the knowledge of the individual themselves, the illegal migrant, who's never going to go to City Hall and complain about a thing. They're never going to go to a police officer and report a crime. They don't want to be seen. They want to be a ghost because they're afraid of getting evicted or ejected from the country. So they're never going to complain. And they don't even speak, speak English, half of them. So they're not even going to know that they were used in such a way as a pawn. And like I say, I use that QuickBooks analogy. The one thing you need to create an invoice is an account. So the illegal migrant that gets an ID becomes an account. And then the account, the invoice in election fraud is a voter registration. That voter registration is the kin, akin to the invoice. And then at that point, that that invoice or that voter registration you know, basically gets mailed out and a payment is received against the invoice. Well, in this case, it could be a ballot is created and then a ballot is received. We've heard of 12 ballots going to one single household. We've heard of um, ballots being received the same day that they were generated, which means that they were just created, like in, in QuickBooks, you can create an invoice you never have to mail it. You take the guy's credit card and you process the invoice with the credit card. Now you mark it as paid and you never even sent the invoice out. You didn't email it. You didn't mail it. The person's receipt is their credit card statement. And that's how it's done. And so that's exactly what happened. So basically, until the Democrats can import enough voters to win legitimately, they will continuously use COVID or any variant to try to continue the mail-in ballot fraud. The mail-in balloting was the absolute key to their success. Now, we're going to go ahead and listen to Mayorkas. Let's take a listen to him. Blame Trump. Tragically, former President Trump slashed our international assistance to Guatemala, 
El Salvador, and Honduras. Right, and you know why he did that? Trump did that slashing because those countries weren't helping out. We were giving them money and they were doing nothing. You do recall that being the case, right? I mean, I'm not making this up. This definitely happened. So he was basically like, if you're not going to keep people from fleeing your country, all your people, you're letting people out of prisons and you're allowing them to go over to Mexico and cross our southern border so that you don't have to have the financial burden of imprisoning your prisoners. They're the worst of the worst. El Salvador is the headquarters for MS-13. Tucker Carlson went to El Salvador and talked with all these people. It was very clear that what Trump was doing was saying, we're going to pull your funding. And as soon as he did, they straightened up. And that's why Trump had such a success at the southern border. That's why this Bayorcas. I have so many names I want to call them, but they're not appropriate for radio. All right, so this Mayorkas character, um, (laughs) every time I say his name, I think of four more dirty language adjectives. But um, in any case, he he's his numbers are so bad, and so he's blaming the guy that cut the funding that got the job done with less money. So it's disingenuous. So let's take a listen to Mayorkas again. Tragically, former President Trump slashed our international assistance to Guatemala, El Salvador, and Honduras, slashed the resources that we were contributing to address the root causes of irregular migration. Another uh, reason is the end of the cruel policies of the past administration and the restoration of the rule of laws of the of this country that Congress has passed, including our asylum laws that provide humanitarian relief. Humanitarian relief and cruelty? Have you seen the recent pictures of what the Border Patrol pictures are? Ta- they're taking video of these people in the in the lying on top of each other, mostly without masks. And when they're going to like all these neighboring border towns, uh, they're spreading the virus. Like they're carrying the virus like 40 to 70%. Are you kidding me? It, it belies, it discredits their whole mantra, their whole narrative with regard to COVID masks, vaccine, everything related to the COVID thing. Right. It discredits their their whole presence on that subject by allowing all these COVID-infested, positive-testing uh, people to come through our border, put them on planes and fly them, probably to cities like St. Louis because there was that Missouri surge in spike in cases. And it was an anomaly. And so just follow the spikes and you'll see where they're putting these illegals. And they're going to try to say that it's the Delta variant. The Delta variant, it's not the Delta variant. It's the open border variant. Okay, that's what it is. It's allowing these spikes to, 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 to spread. And the fact that they would turn a blind eye 
and allow this, you know, play around with people's lives tells you how serious they are about trying to seize power and make our country a one-party state. And that's what they're doing. And by the way, nothing for nothing, but I believe this Delta variant is a mutated variety of COVID that only happened because of the vaccinated. Because the Delta variant is happening where vaccinations are the highest. I believe that the Delta variant is a mutated version of COVID that mutated from people who received the spike protein so-called vaccine. I have no idea what it is because to be called a vaccine would have to have a COVID virus in it. It doesn't, which is why in one sense we might be safe about virus viral shredding where if it has the virus in it, you being a vaccinated person with that synthetic virus in you could actually give it to an unvaccinated person, which is the reason why they're pushing the unvaccinated to get vaccinated is because they're so afraid that the vaccinated are going to actually make the unvaccinated sick, but both are getting it. And the viral load is no different between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. Which means that viral load is a, a it correlates with symptomatic and asymptomatic, and so you have that going on. And so, what's the point of the vaccine vaccines in the first place? Herd immunity would have been better. There's no doubt about it. And just ask Sweden because they're practically the best country in the world right now for coping with this pandemic. And thirdly, and importantly is the resurgence of the economy in the United States and the gleam of the American promise once again. So he just said, Trump defunded the rogue states that were allowing the crisis to happen. So we're going to go and give money back to them. And what does that do but make the numbers? He's not explaining away the record numbers. So he's blaming Trump for defunding the bad characters they were hoarding the money that we were giving them and not re- generating any results as a result of it. And he's calling Trump inhumane despite the fact that the border, people on the border that are working the border have never seen a humanitarian crisis as bad as it is right now. And thirdly, he's talking about an economy where uh, their own infiltration of salaries by giving people stimulus checks is causing the price of salaries to go up to the where employers can't even afford to employ people because of the demand on higher salaries. So these are all things that are problematic. Every one of these things is so easy to debate that Mayorkas stands up there with a mic in his mouth and doesn't have to be questioned by anybody. And we have a media that won't ask these questions. And I'm making them as statements because they're so easy and clear. And it's uh, it's frustrating to see these two standards. So Thomas Massey writes this. I'm going to go into some of these tweets. 
He says, COVID has infected a greater percentage of people in New York and Massachusetts than any other part of the country. Because of cumulative prior infection in that region, prevalence of natural immunity is greater there. Why hasn't CDC been measuring seroprevalence instead of just vaccination rates? So that's a great question. Cumulative deaths attributed to COVID-19 in New York and Florida, Massachusetts, and Kentucky. Kentucky and Florida are doing a lot better. But never mind that. You know, the CDC counted multiple days and attributed them to the numbers in Florida and Texas, only to be corrected by Florida's state health department. And they had to correct it. But the media is not going to tell this true story. They were trying to make an example out of Ron DeSantis. They were trying to make an example out of him and try to say that what Florida was doing by opening up and taking it easy, that they were causing the problem, that they were not you know, hesitant to get vaccinated. But there's a lot of people that are. You know, like the Denver police are hesitant to get vaccinated. And they had the support of their police union, which is great. But we need to start standing up more and more. In Italy, they're turning in their vaccine passports. Buck Sexton says this. He says, uh, in response to Howard Dean on Governor DeSantis, he's totally unfit to govern in any way, blah, blah, blah. Howard Dean, right? Buck Sexton says that DeSantis is hated to to such a maniacal degree by the Democrat media apparatus is one of the strongest endorsements he could possibly have. That's something that someone like Liz Cheney will never get, just like John McCain never got. And probably Dan Crenshaw is going to be a, you know, kudos to Dan Crenshaw for saying election fraud didn't have any impact on the election. Right? These are the kind of Republicans we got to get rid of. For sure. No doubt about it. Cerebral wisdom, wisdom says the only difference between a tax man and a taxidermist is that the taxidermist leaves the skin. That was Mark Twain's quote. Uh, Will Chamberlain, Bill Crystal has been arguing for the Afghan war for my entire adult life. Only in politics can you be so wrong for so long without consequence. Bromby says, your child must wear a mask that doesn't work to stop a virus less serious to them than historical respiratory ris- risks until they can get a vaccine they don't need that fails to prevent transmission to teachers and parents who have already been vaccinated anyway. Is there is that where we are at? Drafanzer says the fact the government is retaliating against Mike Lindell, Arizona auditors, and election results skeptics is quite telling. Disclose TV says just in, Taliban just 50 kilometers from Kabul. Power and road links cut this morning. Will Chamberlain writes, neocons waste trillions in blood and treasure in Afghan Afghanistan and then blame everyone but themselves for its collapse. They should all be in jail. Robert Malone writes this, of course you're allowed to ask questions. Here's a list of the approved questions. You're, and then the next frame, you're abs- it's a cartoon. You're absolutely free to study and investigate for yourself. 
Here's the list of approved sources. And then third frame, we're not trying to stifle thought. We want you to learn everything you can as you reach the approved conclusions. Of course, that's the way it is, right? They always want fair elections until Trump shows up, and then they want it to be unfair. Trish Flanagan, the Biden-Afghanistan crisis is so bad, Hillary Clinton is now begging the Taliban to just not burn down the U.S. Embassy. The Biden doctrine of weakness is making America beg our enemies for favors while they gain full control. We told you this would happen. And, you know, the other one is he was begging OPEC to produce more oil. Um, Cat Turd writes, I'm sure it was an honest mistake that CDC made overcounting COVID numbers by thousands only in Florida and Texas. And now that they're adjusted these, they've adjusted these numbers, the honest media will correct their original stories on these much lower cases. Kater writes, the creepy, brainless, whispering weirdo only worked two days this week. He's getting so bad, they're going to hide him more and more. Tim Young writes, quick question. Will you need a vaccine passport in San Francisco when you're legally stealing under $1,000 worth of stuff from stores? In San Francisco, if you're a thief, if you steal more less than $1,000, uh, you can actually walk right out of the store with the product. So Breaking 911 writes, Breaking, China refuses to cooperate in further WHO coronavirus origins probe. Charlie Kirk writes, Why doesn't Pfizer mandate the vaccine for its own employees? So vaccine's CEO didn't get the vaccination. That's why he had to cancel his trip to Israel. A huge percentage, less than 50% have gotten vaccinated that are working at Pfizer. What should that tell you? So, you know, there's so many more great thoughts and tweets and contributions. Um, I want to eventually get to some of these because they're so they're they're absolute gems. We want to direct people over to buglecall.org and magapack.org uh, to to help us out over with our America First policy agenda and also to make America great again. We are. advancing the ball and advocating for America first policies. And hopefully that translates into candidates that support the American first policies. That's what we're doing every single day on this show over at MAGAPAC, over at Bugle Call. We have a lot of great plans uh, in line for the fall. And uh, be sure to check out scottadamshow.com for the latest podcast. And be sure to use Red State as your code word if you want to buy some pillows over at MyPillow.com. We'll see you next time on the radio.